I wanted to start tonight, and and I, I, as I think I mentioned um, when we got going here, obviously there's a lot of oh, there's a lot of good we can talk about in the book, and uh, and maybe we should start there, but. With, with the book, along with the book, I, I don't want to just come and like repeat and regurgitate, though I think it's helpful for us to, I, th- I think it's helpful for you to have it in, in, no, in notes and to, to refer back to and things. Um, but I, I don't want to just come and like read the book back to you either, okay? I want to discuss these things, uh, which is why I ask for you guys to have some something to talk about when you come, have, have, having read it. Um, but I also want to present other things of, of some value that I have found over the years to be helpful or that I've, that I've studied at other different times. Or, and, and one of those things I mentioned as in, in the syllabus as one of the suggested uh, books is J. Oswald Sanders' book, Spiritual Leadership, and, um, which is, is probably the, uh, I mean, honestly, it is, it is the authority and the, like, the book on biblical and spiritual leadership. Um, and, and it's, it's an excellent book. And, and one of the things that he talks about in the book, and one of the things I have listed here are these, some, these, these questions for like looking at your own life, looking at your own heart and investigating whether or not you are someone who, um, is, is really fit and cut out to be a leader where you are right now. Okay. Obviously we're not asking like, can you become a leader? Yes, of course. Obviously all of us, you know, we, we can all be leaders. We've, we have, we've talked at length about the fact that leadership is what influence. Okay. Leadership is influence and, and you are all influencing people. And we've talked about that, um, and the, the different various ways that that kind of works. And, and, and they're kind of, like a lot of books, you know, they're, they're talking about one thing, but you might notice there's some repetition. And so they're coming at it from different angles. And, and that's really a lot. I mean, ultimately, most most books of this type and this size, um, and this is just a, hey, consider this next time you're reading a book like this. But most books like this are there. They're, there's like one main message that they're trying to get across. And they're going to say it a bunch of different ways, you know, and they're going to come at it from a bunch of different angles. So when you read it and you think, well, I I think I thought we already talked about that. They're probably just saying it in a different way, because for some people, it might be better understood in one way. For some people, it might be better understood in a different way. But anyway, um, why don't we talk about that? And then we'll get to to what Sanders says. But what stuck out to you guys from this past week, from these chapters that we read? Yeah, Kevino. Um, Something it wasn't. To emphasize, but they hit it a few different times in the chapter on different authorities. I think it's called chapter four. Yeah, the Bible. That you have to rightly divide the word of truth. They they threw that yeah. in there, and then they mentioned a couple different times. You can't just hmm. and you see that a lot. You know, you open up the Bible, you pull that verse. That's my verse. I am going and in in the topic of leadership, you know, I'm going to lead with this verse. You can't. Yeah. You can't just, you have to rightly divide. The Bible says certain things. You can't decide what the Bible says. Yeah, that's a very good point. And, and yeah, you're right, because I don't think they made a really big deal about that, but that's, that's a very good point. Uh, when it comes to dealing with scripture, um, yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of different opinions on a lot of different things in the Bible. And, and we all kind of have our, um, you know, we, we, we have our verses that we know, like, Hey, I know that like, that's my go-to verse for this. Right. And, and a lot of times it's because that's what we heard. You know, that's what was, that was what was taught to us growing up. And, and you guys are in that place right now. And one of my goals and one of my fears even is like, as your youth pastor, for, for those of you that that would apply to, 
that you don't hear me saying things like, hey, and pulling a verse out of context, saying like, hey, that's the verse for this. And, and really that verse doesn't really mean that, you know, like there's a, there's a lot of that kind of stuff that happens guys. And, and of course, so my goal is, is that, that obviously that that does not happen. Um, you know, we were talking uh, just in, um, for, we have chapel once a week for, for my school, uh, on Wednesdays. And the speaker today was talking about the fact that, um, he said, you know, we say things like all, you know, every promise in the book is mine, right? Y'all ever, y'all ever hear that song? Every promise in the book is mine. Um, I, I, you know, sorry, but it's not okay. You know, every promise is not for you. Um, there's some of the promises that were written to other people and there's verses that don't really apply to us in our situation. And there's an example of that, you know, uh, this is a little bit of a soapbox and one of my pet peeves, but the verse in Chronicles that says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and maybe I've mentioned this before, I don't know, uh, we quote that, and we put that up on Facebook with an American flag, you know, waving behind it. It's like, ooh, that, that wasn't that wasn't written to the United States of America, okay? Um is it possible that if my, if it, well, first of all, see, right off the gate, okay, my people, who are my people? Children of Israel, okay? So at that time, in that dispensation, children of Israel, okay, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. But if the United States of America humbles itself, prays, seeks God's face, turns from, it, from its wicked ways, uh, will God redeem them? Will God, I mean, yes, of course God will save them, but will, will God do what that verse says, you know, and, and rescue them from themselves? Who knows? <laughs> we don't know. Maybe if he wants to, but that verse wasn't written to us. And, and obviously we hope that that would be the case. But, but the point is that we kind of rip that out and say, hey, you know, that's, I'm going to name it and claim it, baby. And that's not really, that's not good hermeneutics, okay? That's not good Bible exposition. That's not good, um, yeah, that's not good theology. So we, we have to, we, 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 we try to be better than that. And, but it's hard because a lot, and for a lot of us, we were taught things growing up and things that just are like, boom, 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 answers like right on the tip of our tongue. Because that's what we were taught when we were young. And and we have to say, okay, hey, is that, are you sure about that? Is that actually what that means? And we have to study it and investigate it for ourselves. And that's important. So anyway, good. All right. Sorry, didn't mean to get off on that. But good, good thought. And what else? What else stuck out to you from the from the book? That's when we hear this quote. No, the quote is not going to be said in chapter 4, he said, we sometimes get comfortable with saying, I think and I feel, without considering whether we could offer a solid scriptural reasons for what we are saying. And that really stuck out to me because a lot of times when friends are asking you about a situation, I'll be like, well, I think it's really important to block, but yep. it's yeah. necessarily what God says. Definitely. Yeah, that was one of the things that stuck out to me about the chat, about the um, uh, the chapter on, on the Word of God that, you know, it's not... We do say that, right? Or And we, we sit around in circles of Bible study and say, well, what does this mean to you? It doesn't really matter what it means to me. It's, it's what does it mean? You know, um, that's it's not really relevant what I feel it means. It's what God says it is. So, um, and that goes back to rightly dividing the word of truth. So, but yeah, good. Thank you. Okay. What else? 
in the last bit of um, chapter 5, made a statement that attitudes and actions are a part of being a servant of all, and he goes on um, to talk quite a bit about that and give uh, examples of when we might be thinking that we're serving because we do. Yeah. Um, but then he actually talks about, like, those things are great, but it's like truly making you what makes you serve is actually mine, not like oh I did this thing. Right. I had never like, Yeah. I wish you would have talked more about that, to be honest with you. Because I, I I was I that I don't want to say it caught me off guard, but I was a little I had I really had to think about that. Like, um I I'm curious what y'all what what y'all's takeaways were from that. Um, cause it, it seemed like he could have, he could have said a lot more to me, at least it seemed like he could have said more about that. Um, about the whole idea of like, you know, we use this word commonly around our churches. Um, and, and obviously being a servant is about, you know, your hard attitude and not just at, like, not just the doing of it. I think it also, and I think, I think he said what he wanted to say in, in, when he said, um, uh, a servant doesn't just do servant things, but as he does those things, he serves. The difference is primarily in our motives. And I guess that was the part I wish he would have elaborated on a little bit more. Um, I, I, okay. So what, like, what kind of, what kind of motives do we have for serving? Let me just put, let me ask you that. What? Good. It kind of comes back to what we're talking about tonight with the pride and humility. Yeah. If you're serving for the intent uh, uh, for to get attention, you're not really serving. You're showing yeah. off. So the motivation for that would be what? Uh, to be uh, to gain people's respect. Or to be yeah. Put up. To be seen. Yeah. yeah. So that people will think uh, think good of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of the one of the motives that some people can have for serving. Uh, might be to fulfill an obligation. Oh yeah. Maybe they think, yeah. oh, well, I'm supposed to serve. I'll do it, and they do it grumblingly. Sure. Perhaps. Even maybe not appearing to be grumbling, but you know, we've all done that, right? We've all done things. It's like we put a smile on our face. We act like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm happy to do this, but inside, it's I have no desire to be doing this. Was that? It was that something? Just was there something else you want? Okay, cool. Uh, Sophia. Almost a secular book um, on obligations by Cicero talks about the same thing. Uh, really? I don't know if you read it. But, no. Um, <laughs> one of the topics is um, the having a duty, and so sure. because our school is Christian, we referred it back to tithing. Like, is it a duty to tithe? Do you want to do it? Um, like, because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Are you doing it because it's spiritual, or are you doing it just because like it's pain and you just have to get it? You have to do it. All right. Okay. So, yeah. Good. What other motivations? I mean, what would be some good motivations for serving? I mean, God commands it. You okay. Desire to obey God. Okay. So doing what God says, seeking to please God, serving because that's what His Word tells us to do, serving because we love others. Maybe you know, serving because we like serving others. Pastor Fant, uh, Dr. Fant, Pastor Marshall's dad used to say, um, he would say it in prayer a lot. Often when we were praying together, he would say, um, you know, something along the lines of, Lord, help us today uh, as we seek to serve you by serving others. And I, that was something that really stuck with me. Serve you by serving. I mean, we're serving God by serving God. The, the people that are around us, 
they're the people that we have the opportunity. Like we can't, we can't enter the throne room of God. I can't go and serve something to God. So we, uh, but we do that obviously in the ways that we serve and, and not just in church, uh, though, obviously that's one, you know, one big way that we can serve, but, but we serve one another. Um, and we do it out, you know, we do it out of appreciation. We do it out of love for God. We do it out of love for others. Um, so good. Okay. Any other thoughts from the, uh, from the reading? Hudson, do you have a quote? You have something you want you want to share? We all, we're all you can just quote it. It's not. Just just quote it. Don't have to explain. Okay. Just quote it. Um, no. What page is it on? Fifty-one. Fifty-one. We don't need to. I underlined a bunch of stuff on fifty-one. Can you narrow it down? No. Wait, which one is 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 it the underlined one or the highlighted one? <laughs> I think you said he highlighted it. Is it, I'm going to use my position, I'm going to use my power? I'm going yeah. I want to be the hero. Yeah, so he's, um, he's talking about the two views of leadership and the ruler leader um, who says, you know, uh, many Christians function this way. They say, I want to use my position, I'm going to use my power, I'm going to use my popularity, I'm going to use that to get what I want. That's that's the that's the ungodly Kerry missed the point. What? That's the theme of the book. He's gonna use his power and his popularity to get what he wants. Well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down that road, okay? Um Well and I do, I did think it was a good um illustration though what was the illustration he used in talking about the worldly style of leadership the something very seniors, relevant seniors and the yeah so the seniors and the freshmen so freshmen that are that get hazed basically by the seniors and so when you're a freshman you think man i can't wait to be a senior and i can do this to them and i won't have to be you know abused or whatever um and then you become a senior and you're at the top of your game and you're you're you know you're as high up in the food chain as it goes. And then when you leave, you go off to college and, uh, and you get to the bottom of the food chain. Abby, sorry. <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. By the way, you are, the, you are going off to Bob Jones next year, right? You are going to be, you probably know this already, but the 100-year anniversary. You're the class of, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is really cool. To put it in perspective, when I visited Bob Jones, when I visited Bob Jones to decide whether I wanted to go there or not, and I made the decision to go, (laughs) it was their diamond anniversary, the 75th anniversary, thank you. I had a shirt, actually. Yes. They said the shirts cost $75. I don't think they did. Now that I think about it, I think they were lying. But, yeah, I had one. Somebody bought one for me, but I don't think it actually cost $75. I really like that shirt. It was a nice shirt. They'll do shirts again. So, anyway. Um, so, the point is, you go off, and, and then what does that senior do? They come back the next year. They're already graduated. They come back, and, and like, they're, they're like a fish out of water. Like, nobody, what, what are you doing here? Sebastian comes at school, he's like, hey, what are you doing? He's talking to all the high schoolers. Exactly. Now, to be clear, the, the, the point of the illustration is that 
that person prob- who, who comes back and everybody's like, what are you doing here? Like, no, like you're gone. You're done. We forgot about you already. Why? They didn't leave anything. They left nothing of, of, of note. They didn't leave an impression of, of servant leadership on anybody in the school. What they left was, uh, I'm a senior and I'm going to do what I want because I'm the boss and I'm the head and I'm the whatever. And I, I just by default, because you're a senior, you think, oh, I can do that. And that's the kind of leadership that, that takes place in most high schools. And that's the worldly kind of leadership. Whereas if you have somebody who is a servant leader who gives themselves to others consistently, I have a feeling that if that person comes back on campus, it's going to be a different reaction. It's going, they're going, they're going to be, they're, the response is going to be different. And I, I thought that was a really interesting way of illustrating the, the differences there between worldly leadership and, and Christ-like and godly leadership. So, point, yeah. The, the worldly view of leadership there is essentially ensuring that the top goal is just to be in a position. Yeah. And so that's replaceable. That's sure. But servant leadership points to something way above us. Yeah, uh, that's, that's right. That's good. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, excellent. Can I say I appreciate how he's giving all the high school examples? Well, sense. you know, I mean, Collier, uh, like obviously Matt Williams, he's um, he was a pastor, and, and actually he still is. Uh, he's still a pastor. Um, he's he's pretty up there, but he's um, he's still the pa- one of the pa- he's on the staff. He's he's a um, effectively like a pastor. It's a title, you know, position. He's just around. Uh, to encourage, he's a pastor of encouragement. I forget his exact title, but at Tri City out in um, um, Grand Rapids. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, Missouri. Um, but obviously, Ken Collier, he's thinking about. Thank you. He's he's. I'm tired. It's late. Uh, he is Ken Collier's. Obvi- I mean, when he wrote this, he was the director of the Wilds, right? So I mean, he was he's thinking about kids all the time. You know? So that's what's on his heart. All right. So I, I'm not going to read through all of these, but I thought this was a, this would be a good thing for you to look through on your own and talk about um, just briefly here, investigating your your own heart, your own potential. Um, you know, the, the second one there. Can you handle criticism? Can you profit from criticism? The humble person can learn from petty criticism, criticism, even malicious criticism. How do you respond when someone says, hey, I didn't I don't think you should do that. I didn't like the way you did that. Or when somebody disagrees with you or approaches you about something, even if they're being intentionally, as as says, malicious, like we can all we can learn from everything. Um, and so a good leader is going to take that and is going to try to, to learn from it. Um, can you turn disappointment into creative new opportunity? That's a sign of being a good leader. Um, down a few. Do people trust you with difficult and delicate situations? And these are things that, again, I'm not saying like, well, if, if this isn't true of you, then you're not, you're not cut out to be a leader. No, I'm saying if it's not true of you, why isn't it true of you and what steps do you need to take to, for it to be true of you? Do you depend, about halfway down, do you depend on the praise of others to keep you going? I mean, we, we've just been talking about Esther, right? The book of Esther and Mordecai and Haman and Haman who, who got so upset, so bound out of shape because this one guy, Mordecai, wouldn't bow down. 
what's the big deal? Get everybody else in the kingdom bowing down to you. But this one guy, and he said, all this is worth nothing to me if Mordecai the Jew won't bow down. That's not a very strong leader. If you're in, if you're in a position of leadership, you will have people oppose you. I can say that with definite certainty. If you're in any kind of position of leadership, there will be people that disagree with you. There will be people that think you don't do things the right way. And there will be people that will, will express that to you. And some of them express people, some people express it in biblical ways and come to you and say, hey, I believe this is something that you, I, should, you know, I, I want to bring this to your attention. And that's, again, an opportunity to, to, to learn, to say, okay, hey, but not everybody does. Sometimes people don't approach things in a biblical way. We've seen that plenty in ministry, you know, um, where people, people talk, about, talk behind your back. It's easier to do that. You know, and, and, and it gets around to you other ways. That's not good. That's hurtful, right? So how do you, how, what do you do with that? Um, how do you respond to that? Do you say, okay, well, what can I learn from this? Um, are you interested in people? All types, all races, no prejudice. Can you forgive? Are you, are you, do you harbor resentment? Are you the type of person that like, I mean, if you, if somebody does something to you, man, I mean, you can't look at them without thinking about that. I'm sorry. And I hate, I hate to, to tell you this, but you are, that, that is not a good, that's not a good sign. Okay. That's a, that's, that's going to be, that is going to be a very tough thing to do as a leader. Um, you have to be able, you, you have to have uh, thick skin. Because people will criticize you. And, and you have to be able to, to look at those people and treat them the exact same way as anybody else. Maybe better. Um, do you welcome responsibility? Or are you always looking and saying, no, 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 not me. No, no, no. I, I, I do. I unvolunteer. Right? I don't, I don't, I'm not interested. Right? Um, do you use, like, these last couple ones were really good, I thought. Do you use people or cultivate people? Are you trying to, are you seeing potential in people? Are you a grower? You see the kind of, you see people and you're like, man, I, I see a lot of potential in that person. Man, I, I, I think they could really do great things. Um, or do you, do you say, well, I mean, I can see what, I'll see what I can get out of them and that's it. Uh, do you direct people or develop people? Do you criticize or encourage? Do you shun or seek out the person with a special need or problem? Okay. All right. So a couple. I have a legitimate question. Sure. So this is a list on being a leader. It's a list on saying, okay, what, what do, uh, am I the kind of person that like right now where I'm at today, am I in a position where I'm fit to be a leader? And if not, then what should I do to develop myself and get to that point. Do you think we should all be striving to get to become leaders? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? Because leadership is influence. And and I'm not I'm not what I'm not saying, don't hear me saying that you should all be CEOs. I'm not saying that. But as he's I think made very clear in the book, I mean our biblical prerogative is to 
lead those around us and be good examples of following Christ. And that's all of us. There's not a single one of us who doesn't have people around us that are influenced by the way we act, right? I mean, all of us, that we've all been in situations where you're in a room, you're talking, you're having a good time, you're probably cutting up or doing something. Maybe you're talking about things, meh, just a little bit edgy, things maybe you shouldn't quite be talking about. But somebody, there's a certain person that when they come in the room, all of a sudden, the whole tone of the room changes. We ought to all be striving to be that person, right? Because we ought to all... We ought to all be trying to raise the level of the people around us, right? Nurture and and bring them on and encourage them towards Christ-likeness. And so I think, yeah, I do do think so. But I'm not saying that we should all be trying to be be in, in positions of leadership, yes. I'm saying that we should all be striving to be biblical leaders and to be influencing people in a positive godly way so how do we do that okay and and the chapter four is a different authority um and the at the risk of stating the obvious of course the different authority that we appeal to is the word of god this is the leg up that we have on the world on the people that that are outside of of these of of christianity that don't submit to and, and 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 believe the word of god we have a serious leg up on them Okay, this is our ace in the hole. We have a different authority. We appeal to a different authority. And that, that different authority, as he illustrated with the whole golf ball thing, is, is infallible. It, it never fails. It's always right. And anything that it speaks on is correct. It is correct in every way on any matter that it discusses. And of course, these verses, 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4, where Paul, Peter says, His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And for us here in 2022, in the United States of America, what is the, what, by what means has God given us the vast majority of his revelation to us today? His word. His word. Yeah, the Bible, the word of God. Obviously, God reveals himself to us in specific revelation, which is the word of God. We also have natural revelation, which is all around us. We can see him in, he's revealed himself to us, to us in ourselves, in the Imago Dei, the image of God that we see in ourselves and in the people that are around us. Natural revelation is also the, the world that we see that I, you know, I didn't create it. Nobody like me created it. Somebody did this and it wasn't me. Right. And, and God has revealed himself to us in that way. But primarily the vast majority of the specific things we know about God come from right here. And, and that's, again, that's the, the leg up. So the all things that we have that pertain to life and godliness, there's nothing outside of that, okay? Um, so we in our Bible-believing circles would do well. This is, I think, the one, the quote that Cadence pointed out. Uh, we would do well to consider how much of our counsel, how many of our opinions are really based on the Word of God versus I think or I feel. And this was, I mean, this was something that I, that I really kind of hit me between the eyes. Like, okay, as I'm, even as I'm counseling, yes, I mean, we counsel, we biblical, we do biblical counseling and we, we are hopefully applying biblical principles, but am I actually giving Bible? <laughs> like, am I, I mean, yeah, I assign Bible verses to read or uh, Bible verses to memorize in my counseling, but like, am I actually giving Bible to the counselee? 
The people that you're advising, all of you are advising people. You may not realize it, but you are all, all of you, you talk to people. People ask you for advice, maybe not directly, but they talk to you about things that are going on in their lives. When they're doing that, they're asking, what kind of advice are you giving? Guys, the power is in the word of God. The power is not in, in the I thinks and the I feels. Those are not inspired, okay? The last time I checked, my feelings were not inspired. That's a good thing, okay? Um, the word of God is the, where the power is. That's, that's where the power resides. So as you lead others, what are you basing that leadership on? The power is in the word of God. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. For as the rain comes down, the snow from heaven does not return, but waters the earth, makes it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. It will prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Okay, it's not going to return void. It will accomplish what I please. So a godly leader has a never failing authority. He has access to the inspired, inerrant and infallible word of God. Again, we, the power is not with us, with our experience. As you get older, the temptation, when people talk to you about things, um, the temptation is going to be, well, you know, back when that happened to me, and there might be some value in that. And certainly there's, you know, there's, there's, um, there are things that you can, you can pass on. If you've had an experience that's similar to somebody else's, you can pass that on. But the temptation is always going to be just to resort to, well, that was my experience. But the power is not in your experience. The power is in the, is in the almighty word of God. And it's unchanging and timeless as well. It's been well said that the Bible is more up to date than tomorrow's newspaper. It is truly timeless. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Isaiah 48. It is forever sure. Chapter five, a different leadership. Two quick, quickly, two, two types of leadership, two kinds of leadership. There's the ruler leadership, which is the world's view. We've talked about this some already. The ruler leader, one who dominates and usually gets his way but leaves behind little or nothing of value and is rarely missed when he is gone. And again, the high school senior returning to campus, right? I mean, he, nobody missed him. He was a jerk, right? Why would I miss him? He dominated. He, he, was, he was in a position of authority in a sense, a position of, of leadership because by, by default, and he abused that position. And guys, there are countless CEOs and executives and companies all across this, all across this country and all across the world that abuse their positions because of their, of who they are and, and, and the fact that they lack, you know, they lack character. And that is, that's a, that's a worldly idea of leadership of uh, saying, well, this is my position. So I, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to flux. I'm going to, or I'm going to flex. I'm going to get what I want because I am who I am. And I'm in this position because of, you know, for my own sake and, and what I can get out of it. What's in it for me? You know, make me look good. What is that? Are they taking up that the game in there? The like hammer and not right. knocking the PVC platform. All right. What's in it for me? You know, that's the natural approach to leadership. And we, and we, I mean, we are naturally very selfish people, right? We are not naturally unselfish and giving ourselves to others and saying, well, you know, what can I, what. You know, we, we naturally say, what can you get? What, what can you do for me? Um, so that's, that is a natural and, and kind of a default uh, approach to leadership. But God's plan is biblical leadership, Christ's view, three things he points out, be a minister or a servant. In Mark 10, 42 through 45, we've talked about those verses uh, before. He says, we have gifts, talents, abilities, and possessions. God wants us to use what we have to be a blessing to others. 
Biblical leadership is taking what we have and giving it back to God by ministering to others. He says, walk slowly through the crowd. I wanted to park on this for just a second with a couple minutes that we have. Um, walk slowly through the crowd. What, what do you think he means by that? Yeah. So, I mean, I've talked about this before. If you were... Um, uh, if you were in with on Wednesday nights when we a lot of you were over here in, in Hibby, so you probably most of you probably didn't hear this, but when we did instruments in the Redeemer's hands, okay, one of the you know you've got um, love the steps of of that process: love, know, speak, and do. So love the person, know them, get to know them, find out what's going on, speak truth to them, and and do give them action. And um, but part of that knowing, like you can't know somebody. And know what's going on with them in in a three-second conversation in the hall. It doesn't work. We have this tendency in in our culture of the, like, hey, how you doing? Good, good. How you doing? Yeah, yeah. It's quick. I mean, I'm not saying that's bad, okay? But, like, you have no idea what's actually going on in that person's life. And they have no idea what's going on in yours. I mean, what would you do... If somebody, if you're, if you're, if you're kind of doing the whole, like walking through the hall, Hey, how you doing? Uh, not, you know, not great. Actually, I'm, I mean, I mean, I'm terrible. Really? I'm having a horrible day. What would you do? I mean, you would stop dead in your tracks. You'd be like, what? Like, what do you, I mean, they're expecting you. I mean, if, 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 if when you say that you're expecting them to say what? Good. How are you doing? Now, are they really good? Probably not. Are you really good? Probably not. Right? Are you like, are you actually good? I mean, maybe, maybe not. But a lot of us do an awful lot of like, dare I say lying? When people say, how you doing? And you're like, oh yeah, doing good. Are you really good? Um, walking slowly, taking the time. And, and that's hard. Guys, that's hard. I mean, that that requires like that almost requires some 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 planning. That requires like, hey, let's let's get together. Let's let's grab lunch. Let, let's let's actually sit down and talk um, because you're, you're just not going to be able to accomplish that in a passing conversation or even a, after the church conversation. I mean, there's there's some real ministry that happens on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights after church over in this auditorium, okay? It really is. Um, and, and you can accomplish a lot in even a very short amount of time um, if you actually care about people. You know, if you actually care enough to, to stop and be like, hey, you know, like, how are you? you? You can tell. You can tell when somebody's struggling, right? If you're, if you're watching, if you're looking, um, that's a way of serving others. And that's being a, that's being a leader, that's saying no, like no, seriously, like what's up? Are you okay? Um, and that really, I mean, that was that was really that hit me between the eyes because it's like, I mean, there's so much. It's just boom, boom, boom. We're so busy. We've got so much to do, somewhere to go, you know. And it's 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 constant. We've got to be able to to to. We've got to be willing to um, to actually talk to people. Have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2, 3 through 11. So choose to make yourself of no reputation 
Do what Christ did. Become obedient to the will of the Father. Let your purpose prioritize your life. And then lastly, wash dirty feet from John 13 and, uh, and 12. Well, let's just say 12 through, seven, 12 through 17, not 12, 17. Sorry about that. Uh, John 13, 1 through 5, and then verses 12 through 17. Um, and then again, this is where he talked about, like, don't just do the servant things, but do it with the right motives. Do it for the right reasons. Am I doing these things so that everybody will see what a great servant I am? Or am I doing them because I want to please the Lord? Be different on purpose, he says. So, um, again, we have not gotten to the discussion questions. We did talk about the walk slowly through the crowd thing. Um, so we got, we did, we did get to that, but, uh, any final thoughts? Anything else? All right. Thank you guys. You are dismissed.